This is the Sean Campbell Show, a podcast for the aspiring and hungry entrepreneur. Hey everybody, it's Sean Campbell with the Sean Campbell Show, a podcast by entrepreneurs and for entrepreneurs. And this is the biggest gig I've ever had. I got three special guests, three new friends of mine, who two are co-authors, assisted the new book, Do No Harm, which we're going to take a deep dive into. And one's a buddy of mine that I've known for a while who's been assisting the marketing of Do No Harm, John Wecker. So we got Mark Ziska and Ramon Barista. Is that right? Ramon Barista. <laughs> Ramon Batista. And I'm, I'm, I'm on thin ice. Ramon was a former police chief of the Mesa, the police department. Yes. And has a, uh, an outstanding history here in Tucson with the uh, law enforcement as well. So thank you all for being here. I appreciate it. This is where you guys talk. <laughs> well, I, it's Mark Ziska, and I'm uh, I'm happy to be here, Sean. It's uh, it's really fun to be on this side and see what happens at a podcast and how it's developed and produced. And mm-hmm. Ramon and I, during COVID, we call it our COVID project, uh, wrote a book uh, called "Do No Harm: Five Steps to Align Police Actions with Organizational Values." And it really is a, a work that is a work of passion that Ramon and I put together, but it's really Ramon's uh, experience that makes the book really valuable. I think in this conversation, Mark and I always kind of go back and forth. I give him so much credit for the the knowledge and the experience that he has in um, executive coaching and, and helping folks unlock their, their true potential. Organizations, to be honest with you, unlock their true potential. Uh, what we experienced uh, during my tenure as a major city chief and, and leading a major police department was that you really could get down to the brass tacks of what was the most important thing for police officers. And then we found that there was a, a direct connection to what's important to the community. And by aligning those two ideals those, those core values, we found uh, great success in, in shaping the culture, in shifting the, the dynamics and, and the direction of where we wanted to take the organization. Um, this book was a, a labor of love. It was not easy. Uh, and we, we did it during COVID. Um, and we started really on the, on the heels of the tragic death of George Floyd, um, which was motivational and, and it, you know every time I think about um, that poor man's experience and how it has uh, affected policing and the way that policing is viewed around the country uh, it, it is difficult for me because on the one end of the spectrum I think that there are thousands and thousands of really good police officers out there trying to do their best under very very difficult situations and circumstances that are beyond their control and working in a system that they didn't create, and um, I think that I think that you know, uh, crimes like George Floyd unfairly uh, portray the vast majority of good officers in a negative light. And so, um, I think that what Mark and I wanted to do was talk about uh, what is possible and and how these very good men and women out there can do amazing things. And, and, and we want to highlight some of that stuff along with the importance of understanding that we're in a transformational period and that change in how we do business is upon us. Yeah. And John, one of your, uh, 
uh, expertise is, is in leadership. So can you talk about how this book can translate, not just for law enforcement organizations, but just in just across the spectrum? Yeah, well, my, my leadership uh, perspective really kind of started with Mark uh, in, a, in a sense that um, we go back about 15 years now. And um, in the early 20s. Yeah, right. Exactly right. We're, you know, how'd you know? Yeah. You know, uh, but they don't card me anymore. No. So, um, so anyway, uh, but this is um, this is a really interesting project for me personally because mm-hmm. we've worked school districts, we've worked executive placement, we've worked in healthcare together. Now, when you say work, what is it for the audience who have not met you yet? What do you say? Well, Mark and I working together on 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 specific projects, assisting and, other organizations with their leadership. Exactly. And so uh, this is my first foray into law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And I find it fascinating, frankly. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's a it's a huge learning experience for me uh, because in so many of our uh, previous projects, the community was always there, Mm -hmm. but not really there. Mm -hmm. If you understand what I'm saying, this this particular project really does include the community perspective, and it's not just a talking point of a corporate position. Right. It's really down to the the, the, the street level, uh, community activism, community in- inclusion, mm-hmm. and and that's why this is kind of different for me. And I'm fascinated. I'm thankful, blessed that. Uh, that Ramon and Mark have included me in this uh, right. in, in this in this project. Yeah, and, and uh, Mark even gave me a, an autographed copy of the book. I re- I don't book as as daunting as it seems was a very very easy read. How did how did how did you guys make something as with the biggest presence make it that easy to read? Well try to take that and tackle that question. I think what happened, it is a very (laughs) good question. It is a very good question. I think the best way to describe it is that to take a tough topic and to turn it on its head and look at it from a different perspective. Now, that doesn't sound like it's a, a way to describe what's happening with law enforcement today, but what we did was we started with the history. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the history of very policing. Very fascinating. The history yeah. of policing in our country from yeah. the 17th century on has been about two things. Mm-hmm. It's been about goods and materials that uh, companies really have an influence over and that wealthy people have an influence over. And unfortunately, it's been about the slave trade, Hmm. about policing the slave trade in the South. So when you think about that as the roots of policing, good or bad, not good, but the positive or the negative, you have to understand that we all have some bias in us. Hmm. And if you understand where that bias comes from, I think it's easier to address it. My wife really forced me into looking at my own biases by conversations that we had. Mm -hmm. And I talk about some of those biases in the book. I'm not going to go over them here, but I talk about those biases. 
And I think recognizing where policing, where the policing roots are in the country really help us to understand why we have a problem and what we need to do to solve the problem. And Ramon, from your experience, I mean, the book is not really picking on the the negative aspects of policing. Tell us so so much of the, the positive things that you see from today's law enforcement. Because the news, I think, unfortunately, always harps on the negative stuff. But what are some of the positive things that law enforcement does today? Remind us. So I think, you know, before we get to that part, I think it's important, though, that we do take into account that uh, some of the things that have been, you know, told to us uh, by ethnic minorities around the country about how they feel when they're engaging with police officers and, and they don't feel like they're being treated justly or fairly, that um, that some of these events that we've unfortunately seen over the course of last summer really shed light on, on that and really give credence to their beliefs and their experiences. And, and you can't underscore that enough because, well, simply you can't ignore literally thousands of people that uh, braved this pandemic, you know, during the summer to go out and, and protest and have their voices heard. Now, conversely, um, I don't disagree with, with what Mark said, that, you know, the precepts of how policing in this country started uh, was not a good thing. Um, and yes, you know, slowly but surely, they've made a lot of progress. Policing in this country has made a lot of progress, but it doesn't mean that you ever stop. I mean, as human beings, I think we're wired to continually grow and get better at what we do. And I think that that is a, a big part of what we espouse. Um, and with respect to modern day officers, I think that there are many, many good officers that get dressed every day with the best intentions to go out there and, and serve their communities. But as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the deck is stacked against them. The criminal justice system is just as old uh, as policing itself. And, mm-hmm. and, and in many ways, um, I think that, uh, you know, the criminal justice itself is is very due for a transformative change in, in, in how it how it works mm-hmm. um, so that perhaps there's more equity in, in, uh, in how it how it works across the country but uh, certainly a big challenge but at the end of the day I, I do agree with your premise that there are many many good officers out there and, and they're, they're doing a fantastic job in a system that is um, quite difficult to work in and, and you know, out, outdoors and outside in the conditions that are unpredictable, to say the, to say the best, that, yeah. that the best at yeah. least. Yeah. And John, I mean, we, you know, we're centering on the, the benefits uh, for law enforcement. How could the book and uh, the message of the book assist business owners? There's no question that it can. The, the subtitle of the book has to do with the five steps mm-hmm. that are very common in the strategic planning world. Mm-hmm. And so once you once you identify the values of, of the organization and of the community at large, it doesn't really matter if you're a police department or a, um, or a small business or a solopreneur or a large company. The value system that is, is, is the heart of how decisions are made in that organization. Mm-hmm. And when you start to really address that, uh, then you can really make strides against 
any type of problem in any organization, regardless if it's public, private, nonprofit, uh, faith-based, doesn't matter. Uh, organizations can really, really uh, benefit from the five-step process that uh, the co-authors here have outlined in the book and in transforming that into you know, uh, a different organization is uh, not that difficult. Okay, so if someone goes through one of your seminars or a session of consulting or coaching, what holds that organization accountable? The strategic plan. Boom! <laughs> the strategic plan right. holds that, right. holds that right. organization accountable. Right, right. Don't you have a program or something? That could... We do. We have uh, peopleassistant.com. That's, I, I teed that one up for you, John. Thank you so much. <laughs> but actually, that's a, that's a tee for Mark. Uh, but, um, um, but yeah, uh, Mark developed this uh, proprietary software called peopleassistant.com, mm-hmm. and it is... Um, not only is it a full HRIS system, uh, but but more importantly, in this particular instance, it's all about uh, a strategic planning tool called uh, we affectionately call Strategy Assistant. Yeah. That can uh, you can just monitor your progress th- throughout the entire process. And Mark, so John, thanks for that uh, teeing it up for me, but. Um, <laughs> So strategy assistant or people assistant is it's peopleassistant.com. Every person should have mm-hmm. a strategic plan. Yep. And we have created what we call the solopreneur version of the plan. And that solopreneur version of the plan allows an individual to create their own strategic plan. So if you're a solopreneur, uh, in this case, I'm a solopreneur. I have the plan for my business mm-hmm. in that system. It's interesting because I've had uh, people come up to me and say that they use it as a weight loss program. So they have their goals in there about their weight, about their exercise, and about their uh, their physical appearance. And they put those goals, strategies, and tactics in there. And I've had a mother come up and tell me she uses it to manage her daughter's time after school. Wow. It's it's pretty cool. So I'm going to do the plug, peopleassistant.com. And if you go there and if you want to sign up for a solopreneur, use the code JWCHAMPIONS and you'll get 10% off on anything in the system. Cool. Great yeah. deal. And my audience is going to love that. And, and by the way, you do have a, an event, um, the Five Steps to Business Leadership Success, Thursday, March 11th, at the Arizona Sands. Can you give like a little overview of what that's going to? Anyway, okay. so it's taking the five steps, and here's the five steps: number one, understanding your values; number two, having a strategic plan; number three, measuring your performance against the plan. Number four, recognizing the plan and make adjustments to the plan. Number five, uh, celebrate uh, achievement of the plan. Mm -hmm. That applies to every business. So, yes, on March 11th at the Sands, U of A Sands Club, we will be having uh, a a, a workshop. It's a one-hour workshop, and I would invite everybody to come and join us. And that's open to the public, right? Open to the public, and there's an Eventbrite. 
There's an, and you can find it on Facebook. It's a brilliant event. Who created that event for you? That's, I think you did, Sean. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I had to give myself a plug. Right? Yeah. yeah. I was so. waiting for to give you a plug. This is... <laughs> We're plugging each other. All right. That didn't sound good. No. <laughs> We're actually not for anybody right. who yeah. had this some visual. We're not. <laughs> yeah, but you can find it on Facebook. The Five Steps to Business Leadership Success. Find it on Facebook. Um, tell us where you're going. And as Mark said, he did create uh, the tickets that are available. Um, you can just click on the uh, button there on Facebook. It is an event, right? Can they like it? Yeah, it's linked up together. Can they like it? Will they they like it on Facebook? Oh, yeah. Well, no, well, not the event. They can uh, like the page. Okay. They can like, like the page. Like, the, like our page. Yeah, like the page. So, But the um, workshop is free of charge. Free of charge. Um what do you guys think of the Sands so far? We may as well. Love the Sands Club. Yeah. I yeah. invite everybody to come and see our workshop and yeah. take a tour of the Sands Club, and uh, you'll be you'll be incredibly impressed with what's going on there. And, and say that either John or I referred you. Of course. <laughs> There's no hidden agenda right there at all. So one of the things I like to say about the Sands Club, mm-hmm. it's really a community club. It is. It's yeah. a faculty and yeah. community club because yeah. you'll find members of the faculty there yeah. interacting with uh, yeah. members of the community, yeah. and the dialogue there is yeah. sometimes beyond what I comprehend. Look, you and I both, Mark. I mean, you and I went to a uh, networking event that John and some colleagues, in, in, in the presentation you gave about networking was phenomenal. Thank you, you so know? much. So it was, I mean, every time I've been to one, you, you've only had two. But I walk away from there just like, wow, that was great. And there, every single time I go there, I meet somebody that is just like a good person to know. You know, it's like the who's who in Tucson. And they let me in there. I had no idea why. I had no idea why. <laughs> Any closing statements on the book, Ramon? Um, it was a labor of love. Yeah. That, uh, we really believe in, in what we talked about. Um, I think John is absolutely right. You know the principles of uh, of organization, organization, organizational alignment, and success are a, a blueprint, and it's outlined in our book. We lived it and experienced it, Mark and I, um, and that's why we feel so strongly that it can be successful, not just in the public sector but in the private sector as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is really about alignment and understanding what the core mission and the, and the vision and the values are of the organization. And, and then moving forward. Mm-hmm. All right. So I didn't answer your question earlier about oh. why we wrote the book mm-hmm. in a way that's easy to read. Oh, yeah. We wrote it in a way that's easy to read so that it would be fun for people. Mm-hmm. This is not a textbook. You know, it, that's a good way to put it. It was fun. It was actually fun to read. It, it was, you couldn't wait, and that's very rare that I say that about a book. There's only maybe two or three books that, but you could actually look forward to the next page. And we, we actually interviewed police officers and uh-huh. have police officers' stories in the yeah, book. Yeah. So it's not a, a, a book about Ramon and about me. It's about police policing yeah. Yeah. and some of the experience of police officers and how values really align to their job every single day. Mm-hmm. And I have to really recognize the work that police officers and law enforcement organizations do on a daily basis. They're the front line. Yeah. And thank God they're there. Yeah. Uh, we need them every day. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, and the um, I, I agree, Mark. I what I enjoyed the most about the book was all the various stories, and there's all kinds of stories in the book that are very. They, every one of them has a certain um, takeaway that is valuable, a certain little nugget. But what's really interesting to me is that when you when you when you take all these nuggets away, you come up with a pile of nuggets that is just <laughs> really makes you smile, and it really makes you understand that uh, the values uh, are really the foundation of decision making. And regardless if you, uh, some of the stories involve police officers on the street, some of the stories involve other types of situations and the decisions that are made Mm -hmm. in those immediate situations, those decisions are made because of your value structure. And that's, that's what... That's what we really need to take away from the yeah. book, in my humble opinion, and encourage people to really invest in their value system and the identification of it mm-hmm. and the alignment of it within the community and the organization itself. Yeah. So I, I did a prep you for this, but anybody listening to this podcast who wants a free copy of the book, can we send them a free ebook? We will. Okay. So if you're listening to this podcast, first, thank you as always. I really appreciate it. Um, my podcast has taken off the last few weeks. I have no idea what. Nice. Yeah, Excellent. No, yeah, no. perfect. This is good news for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're listening to this and you want a free ebook of Do No Harm, um, uh, email me at sean at cmgsocialmedia.com or Mark, can they email you? They can email me. Actually, they the best email for me is info at donoharm.org. That runs through our website, okay. and I can link them up with Perfect. a with a book. Do no harm book. Oh, did I say? Oh, thank you, John. It's do no harm book dot org dot org dot org. It's a dot org, and we're a dot org because we believe in what we're doing and want to make it available to organizations that yeah. might need help. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. I appreciate you guys' time. I know it was a long day for all of us, so I appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Ramon needs to get back to Mesa. Do you live in Mesa still? I do. Yeah, so he's got... If you drive as fast as I do, you'll be there, right? He can't drive that fast, though. (laughs) (laughs) But if he does, he's got a different angle than most of us. I know. (laughs) That angle doesn't apply, I've learned. (laughs) So again, I appreciate everybody listening. If you have any questions, email me at sean at cmdsocialmedia.com. And tell us what you think about the podcast. If you have questions for Ramon, Mark, or John, please um, email them and I'll, and I'll forward to them as well. And again, remember, if you want to do what you got to do, you got if you got if you want to do what you want to do, God, I always mess that up. If you want to do what you want to do, you got to do what you got to do. Until next time, appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thank you for listening to The Sean Campbell Show. Follow us on Instagram at The Sean Campbell Show.